we all get stuck in what we should do or what we should have done. The word should can inspire us and it can inhibit us. It can get us moving and it can hold us back. Why is it so hard to move past complacency and get inspired to build the fulfilling future that we want? You are listening to Should Theory. Let's talk it out. Stories, interviews, and more to inform and inspire you towards building the future that you want. Get motivated, figure out how you want to shift, and then get your shift together. I'm Tara Grebe. Let's do this with the Should Theory. Hello, everyone. I am so glad that you came back with us for this episode. Today, I have Melaine McCormick with me. I just have to go there and say that um, she said the best tagline, which is, it's like, stay out of my lane. So I will never forget that. Now you won't either. Melaine, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Tara. How are you? I'm great, and I'm so glad that you're with us today. Full disclosure for the people that are listening, Melaine and I were having some video issues, and so we are recording in a way that we cannot see each other, and that is no fun for us, Um, but I'm sure it will not affect the quality of what you're listening to today. So here we go. Melaine, would you please be so kind as to introduce yourself and tell everybody about what's going on? Yes, I would love to. Um, Tara, thank you for that introduction. I am Melaine. I was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana to Mm -hmm. half Lebanese, half Mutt family. Um, And I think I was born with a desire to explore and go beyond kind of the boundaries of what was set for me. Um, Grew up in a traditional home. um, And I think I was plagued by the desire to meet the shoulds for a long time. So I should be popular. I should be pretty. I should have done all the sports and I should have done all the activities. Um, And so that's kind of what dictated my life up until now. And I've just just changed and decided to to do the shoulds of what I should love to do. And so that's kind of the long and short of who I am. I love that. And and I'm so glad that you went right there because... um, just yesterday, I was talking someone to someone, and she was talking about her transition. Her big life shift was transitioning out of the military and into mm. civilian life. And one of the biggest struggles for her was shoulds are a good thing. You should mm-hmm. have high expectations. Therefore, you should live by those shoulds because then you're productive and efficient and you have a good work ethic. And it was really a shift for her to understand that sometimes should can cause regret, anxiety, uh, and so on and so forth. So it's interesting to me how uh, flexible that word can be and how it can have both positive and negative effects on people. It's it's so true. I think that when you're deciding what your should should be, <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're living a better life. But um, you know, I was, I think, living up to what I thought was expected of me. Um, and mm-hmm. I've had a wonderful life and I've enjoyed great success. Um, like I said, I was a lifelong traveler, um, explorer. Mm-hmm. I started that at the age of six as a kid. I uh, wow. packed up my little plastic scooter and I would pretend I was traveling. I'd go to just from room to room. And so <laughs> I always had that desire to explore. Um, I left New Orleans to go to college um, in about five hours away and really found my sense of freedom. 
Um, and, and, you know, my confidence and in building community and being with different types of people, that was my first kind of exposure to, even though it was still in the state of Louisiana, just different types of people. Um, sure. and growing up in new Orleans definitely gave me appreciation for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we are a city like no other. And so I've always had an appreciation of that before I turned 30, I traveled to all 50 States. Wow. And, yep. And, uh, I could either spend my 30th birthday on the beaches of Hawaii or in North Dakota. So you could probably guess where I spent my 30th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, but you know, each state was very special and it continued to, um, you know, inspire me to understand that we can all live a different life. Mm -hmm. Um, it didn't have to be just one path just by visiting all the different states. Um, I, there's so many things that you've said just in these few minutes, um, that I really want to dig into because, um, you know, you've said some interesting things. The first thing that you said was, uh, growing up really living by these shoulds and, and living up to everyone else's expectations. So the few that you threw out real quickly were, I should be popular. I should be pretty, um, But I guess my first question for you is, who do you think your shoulds came from uh, at that early stage in your life? That's a great question. I I think what really influenced my shoulds was the environment that I was surrounded by. Um, And I think that's probably where a lot of people get their shoulds Mm -hmm. um, and also the media and the people that influence them. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and as a child of the 80s, um, you know, growing up, I went to a private school, but, you know, I was there on scholarship. Right. Um, You know, I'm on my mother's side, a third generation American that was influenced Mm -hmm. by, you know, I was the kid that brought funny lunches to school and had different spices stuck in her teeth. So there was uh, a lot of things like that that really affected me growing up, Um, but also being, you know, a woman in this group raised in the South or a girl raised in the South, there's kind of the expectations of what that is for you. Absolutely. You know, you kind of stay quiet and you're expected to be a young lady (laughs) and be good and all those things. So that's really what I think affected me is, you know, I didn't want to disappoint and I was a people pleaser. And so Mm. what I thought was expected of me is what I wanted to do. So I wouldn't let anyone down. Well, and there's another key statement that you just said, right? What I thought was expected of me. And isn't that something that that really affects all of us is mm-hmm. I think there's two levels. There's what is actually expected of us by various people, right? Yeah. So often our parents or, you know, the neighbors down the street expect your house is going to look a certain way or that you're going to do a certain thing. But then there's the reality of, uh, I'm sorry, or then there's the, your perception of what you think they expect you to do, which may not be what they expect at all. Exactly. Um, And I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves, you know, thinking everybody's going to notice what I look like. Everybody's going to have this opinion of me. And the reality is people really don't have that much time to be thinking about us as much as we (laughs) think they are. Yes. And so, um, so that's the one thing that I really wanted to dig into was where were the shoulds. Now, I have to ask because a lot of friends that I have who come from um, from multi ethnic households, and especially um, we, now, and you said you're half Lebanese. It, on your dad's side of the family, are you first generation? 
on my dad's side, we've been um, in the States for a long time. He's uh, okay. Good. Cause the reason I ask is because that's another should that I see people have seen people struggle with is a, a mixing of cultures, you know, and, and I should live this way as in your example, the Lebanese mm-hmm. expectations, those traditions and stuff tend to be versus maybe a more Americanized version, which sometimes that's a conflict of interest as well for a lot of people. So I didn't know if that was maybe where some of your, uh, I don't know, expectations yeah. came from as well. You know, I think that the the influence of being kind of a first generation or, you know, a, a more recent generation is the desire to not let the people down who, you know, yes. came here and who worked so hard to start a new life in a new country. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's where my, I think my um, expectation to, be something, quote unquote, right. so that you could um, show, you know, ancestors, hey, you know, this is what came of your desire to move to this new country. Um, so I think what for me, you know, growing up, you either decided, okay, am I going to be a mother and fulfill that role? Um, and then if not, we were given as women of the 80s and 90s, so much opportunity to then just be a business person and be successful in your career. Um, right. And I think that my big shift, as we talk about that, came when, can I be neither? And is that okay? You know, or can yeah. you? <laughs> Isn't that can so you... hard, right? You, you can be this or that. And then it's like, but what if I don't like those menu options? Right. <laughs> and that's exactly. when I walked away from my career. Um, you know, I was looking at 35 and I realized, okay, well, I, I'm not married. I have no kids. And I've, you know, built this career that's not necessarily giving me what it is that I, uh, you know, long for. And so that's when I walked away and took myself on a sabbatical, a 17-month trip. And it was when I was I was able to fully pull away from everything uh-huh. and immerse myself in cultures and places that had no expectations of me. Then I really well, got to a- figure out what my shoulds were. <laughs> Yeah. And that's such a great segue into the other thing I wanted to dig into that, that I found interesting when you were first talking about yourself is that, you know, it was such an interesting polar opposite struggle, which is I I'm living up to, um, the shoulds that everyone else has for me. And that's dictated my life for a long time. And yet the other thing you said was your love for travel and your love for going against the grain. And normally those two things, you're one or the other, right? Right. You're either a people pleaser and you want to do all the things to, to, to follow the rules and, and do what people are looking for. Or um, you tend to be more of a rebel and, and say, no, I'm living my life the way I want it. Or you evolve from one to the other. And so I think it's interesting that you had said, you know, yes, I was a people pleaser and all the things, but I also had this strong love and will. And I thought that was really interesting. So now you say, so here's what I did. I'm at this age, I'm 35. I'm not, you know, married. I don't have kids, whatever. I'm going on this adventure. So how did you get to that point where you just said enough's enough and more importantly, know what to do next? Yeah. The, the, the dichotomous part of me, those two, you know, I want to be a people pleaser, but I also want to go against the grain. That's been an internal battle of myself, you know, since I was a child. Mm. Um, and so I think there was a lot of guilt with when I just acted as my true self because it wasn't necessarily what I thought I should be. So I think when I realized, you know, at 35, 
as an adult making my own decisions, hey, wait a minute, let's really figure out both sides of me and how we can bring that together, how I can both show up in this world and be a productive part of society and and give back, but also allow myself to live the full experience of who I am. Mm -hmm. And, And so you said the way to do that is to get out of Dodge. Yes, that was the way that I found the most. And it doesn't have to be 17 months. Yeah. You know, every time I would go on these short spurts of travel, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a a long weekend by myself exploring Delaware for the first time or, um, you know, living in San Diego and, you know, going just an hour east to Julian for, you know, pie, things that were just out of your typical day that helped me reframe kind of where I was and see things in a different perspective. But for me, I was so enmeshed in who I thought I should be from, you know, I decided the career track was the track that I was going that I had blinders on. I wasn't fully looking at, you know, my whole view of life. And so for me, I really had to pull myself, extract myself from my current situation and drop myself somewhere where I could, have these expectations um, kind of melt away and just slowly rediscover um, what really lit me up and what I wanted to do for the next, you know, 35, 40 years of my life. I think there's so much strength um, in what you just said of, of recognizing that you need to pull yourself out of your current situation and put yourself in a place where you can be reflective and introspective, um, it, it, that in itself takes courage. I mean, even just the thing you said, going by yourself to explore Delaware, there are people who couldn't imagine the thought of going to a restaurant and eating dinner by themselves for a half an hour, you know? And so having the courage and I, and maybe that's too strong of a word to go to, to travel alone, I think in and of itself shows courage and is great. I also think that, um, you know, your insight and saying, this is what I need and this is what I need to do is great because somewhere in you was a voice that was telling you what those things were and you had the guts to listen. Yeah. Thank you for that. It, it took quite a bit of, of planning and, and thought, but it didn't start, you know, a year before my trip, it started in my twenties and that started mm. with the first, first meal out. Um, you know, I was a recent college grad. I'd moved back to my hometown. You know, I was working as a secretary for a title company and there was four employees and we didn't, you know, you didn't get to take lunch breaks together when you were all covering. So mm-hmm. that was when I had the first opportunity to say, Hey, do I have the courage or you know, can I go eat lunch by myself? And I still remember vividly going to the restaurant across the street, sitting outside, just myself, um, and with fear, but no shame, practicing the art of solo eating. And then it went to, you know, a couple months later, I had evacuated New Orleans for Katrina and lived alone in San Diego. And I said, you know, I really want to go see a movie. And so I chose to see it alone. And so it was the little steps that added up to this big trip. And so while I appreciate the, the kind words of being courageous, it did start with mm-hmm. little steps and 
And I think that for your listeners, you can start small and you'll see, yeah. you know, rewards from even just coffee alone or yeah, taking absolutely. a different path on your walk to the park or something like that. And, and I'm finding too, um, something as simple as vocalizing, even before you do that, vocalizing to someone, you know, I'm going to go and have lunch by myself sometime soon and vocalizing that to someone else, putting it out into the universe, but also yeah. getting that feedback from someone else. And, you know, I think for some having the realization or the, the lack of reaction, Right. You know, it goes back to people, what you think people will do. You know, right. hey, I'm really thinking about leaving my career and going to do this instead. And you think you're going to get this. Oh, my God, you're going to do what? That's awful. And instead, you might get, wow, that's really interesting and cool. That's great. And and it disarms you a little bit. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. But also reinforces the feeling of, oh, people aren't going to make terrible judgments about these thoughts that I'm having. And, and even just talking about it can be a, another good small step, I think. Yes, 100%. I think just putting it out into the universe and right. it just helps ease the, the fear, you know, by saying it and speaking it. Yeah. It makes it less yeah. scary. So, okay. So I want to get back on with your story because I'm so excited to hear it. So you... Um, you took yourself on sabbatical, you did your small steps, you really were thinking about it for a long time until you finally said, okay, here we go, 35, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So you took yourself on sabbatical and, and tell us what happened from there. Yeah, I mean, this the 17 month sabbatical was was amazing. I think, you know, it wasn't all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of, you know, um, turbulence and a lot of, um, uncovering, but it was a beautiful process of me being allowed to uncover again, what it is that I wanted to do. I come, so I come back was supposed to be just 12 months, but stayed out Mm -hmm. there for a little longer. And that's when I realized that I can have a balance of work and travel and and other passions. Um, and so since I've been back, it's been about five years since that trip. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've, I've been able to travel and work and choose things that really light me up rather than just being in a job for a job's sake. So, um, I do contract based work now and I create experiences for others, um, also to travel. And so it's really uh, been an opportunity for me to realize that there is a need for others to be supported on their travels too. And so I've started coaching, um, women to take their first solo trip. And, and so I, I'm segueing here, but, and you just sort of answered the question I was going to ask, but how in this process did you say, this is the thing that lights me up? When I look back at the things in my life growing up, you know, through my teens, twenties and thirties of where I felt most connected, um, most in my body and happiest was when I was in community with others, creating experiences. Mm-hmm. So whether that's, you know, the swim team, um, you know, going to state championships, me not being a very good swimmer. So supporting the team in other ways um, mm-hmm. was really fun for me. You know, in college, I joined an organization that allowed me to have a leadership role and really drive the, the growth of our sisterhood. Um, and then in my career, I put on large scale sporting events for 
um, participants. And so through each of those, those areas, I realized that, you know, life-changing impactful experiences is what really makes me excited. And um, travel is really the one that I think can be the most deeply impactful for others. And so that's kind of how I got to the desire to help others make those same trips. So how did you get started? So you make this discovery, you return from your sabbatical and you say, this is the biggest and best way for me to make an impact for others and for others to make an impact uh, for themselves. So then what? (laughs) Then it's just a lot of talking to people who do or do not want to listen. Um, You know, I was very vocal to my community of of people that I was taking this trip. And, you know, a lot of people followed along with me. And and when I got back, wanted to hear and, and saw a difference in me and wanted to know what that was and how I got to that. So um, it's kind of like being in a, a, like from the South and evangelical pastor, you know, talking about the, the life changing experiences that travel can bring to you. Um, I may not always have a full house, but I love bending the ears of those around me um, that, that want to hear. And, you know, a lot of people have seen what I do and come to me and just ask me questions of, you know, how could you afford that? Did you feel safe? You know, yeah. where would you go again? There's so many things that, you know, I took a year in planning it. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot of Googles, a lot of blog reading, a lot of mm-hmm. YouTube video watching. Um, and to be able to um, to do for others what it was done for me before. You know, I'm not the first person that has gone on a sabbatical or mm-hmm. a long-term journey to find themselves. And, and so by me learning from others, I just wanted to pass it on to those um, right. kind of that were following behind me. Well, and here are some of the things that are shining through for me listening to you uh, in what you're saying that I think are little gems that the listeners, I hope, will will take. First of all, um, is that, oops, I'm sorry, is that you had the, the foresight to post what you were doing along the way. And in theory and unknowingly, perhaps, you were marketing yourself and your future self in that process, right? Because Mm -hmm. you said people were interested when you told them what your plan was and you were about to embark on this, this journey, you do it. And then people go, wow, look at what she's doing. Oh, that's amazing. I wish I had the courage to do that. Whoa, look at the process. Look at those pictures, look at those experiences. And then ultimately, as you said, I really notice a shift in her. I notice a change in her. I wonder if she could help me figure out how to do something like that for myself, large scale, small scale, whatever. The same is true. And it's an offshoot, I guess. But, you know, I was talking to someone about, about writing a book and that marketing a book that you've written doesn't happen when the book is done. It happens along the way. You tell the people, guess what I'm working on. And here's a picture of me with my pen and my paper and, you know, glass of water and I'm really brainstorming and then it's talking more about oh I'm looking for a publisher and the journey as well as you know talking about what you're writing about is what generates excitement and then you know the selling the book happens sort of of its own volition and another example is people sharing their expertise sharing their journey Mm -hmm. it 
sells, I don't want to say sells because I hate it, but, (laughs) but puts out there who you are. When you give your content and your advice and your knowledge base, people want more of that from you. And I think so many people miss the mark by saying, oh, I'm going to be a a travel agent. And so I'm going to start posting about, here's all the places you can go. Here's why you should go. Thanks. Don't you want to hire me? And I'll help you go there. (laughs) And so really, (laughs) if you are more in the wheelhouse of here are my experiences and this this is what I learned, this is how I grew from my experience, those are the stories, telling a story that's going to get people to go, I want more of that. I want to do that. I want to feel that. Uh, And I think that's where a lot of people miss the mark. And for you, being your true authentic self, not being afraid to put it out there with the world, not worried about the judgment, not worried that people are going to go, she's crazy. How could she travel by herself? That's dangerous. You know, how does she pay her bills? That must be nice. You know, something along those lines. Um, And instead, you really are gaining the people that are inspired by what you're doing and not necessarily uh, sold on what you're doing, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's millions of travel bloggers and, and, and Insta influencers. Um, and you know, I come from a really different place in that, you know, I, I desire people to be mindful when they travel to realize that, you know, you're having an impact on the world around you and to really connect with the communities that you visit. Um, because I think that as we, continue to explore, you know, even when I was going around the States, you know, I grew up in New Orleans, I grew up in the South, but by visiting Mm -hmm. places like California, you know, like South Dakota, I really was expanded on how different we are, but how similar we are. And that continues throughout the whole world. And I think that if we just spent more time in community with others, we could really appreciate that we're all a part of this you know, amazing fabric of this world. And um, it just helps me realize I'm not that I'm insignificant, but that my, my problems are less significant than I realize. The things that I get hung up on are not as big of a deal. You know, maybe I didn't get that promotion or maybe that client backed out, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm doing okay. And, um, and that's what I learned a lot through my travels is that I appreciate my life more and what I have, um, yeah, 100%. So tell me then, um, you know, someone's listening to you now talking to me and they're saying, I need to see photos from her trip and I need to talk to her about creating my own trip and, and having this experience. How can people find you? How can people check out your stuff and see what you've done? I would love people to follow along the journey. I um, am at solo female travel coach on Instagram and solo female travel coach.com on the World Wide web. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's such a great name. And so if people come to your website um, and, and check you out, what will they find? What can they do? How can they work with you? I offer one hour sessions or packages mm-hmm. really you know, I kind of want to be that, that big sister that's gone through life before you and can give right. you the advice that you need to know, um, before you take off on your trip. So it can just be an hour to just have a dialogue about what it's like 
or it could be an hour spent on, hey, how do I figure out the best ways to budget or which credit cards I should sign up for to get the best bonuses? Um, yeah. Or we can spend, you know, multiple sessions together where I can work with you on pre-planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I can even be available for you during and then the reintegration process coming back from a longer trip and how to, you know, process what you've learned and how to put into practice the things that have changed about you. Um, so it can go run the gamut from one hour to multiple sessions. I think that that you just said is such a key and interesting thing that you offer. Uh, and I'm so glad that you said it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's such an interesting thing that you offer that is so far beyond uh, what's, what is typical of, I want to plan a trip, I don't know where to go or how best to do it. You know, everything else that you were talking about is the mechanics, right? The logistics. And yet so many of us are transformed by travel experiences and process it on our own afterwards. And what a great thing that you do to say, once you get back, <laughs> I'll help you appreciate all that just happened to you and, yeah. and think about what to do with that information. I, um, you know, I have two travel experiences that I go back to now and then I, I went through my, my career to China and I was trepidatious. It was my first time out of the country ever and um, long into being a grown adult. But I went on this trip and it was a nine day excursion and it was interesting and I appreciated it. And yet, um, you know, by day nine, I was like, okay, I've seen it. I'm ready to go home and came back and said, I can check that off the box. Okay. Thanks for that. And I'm glad that I did it, you know, as part of this, you know, without my familial support system and, and as part of a job thing. Then a little while later, I went on a trip to Spain uh, with my daughter and and a soccer team. And her team had been fundraising for three years for this tournament that they were so interested in playing in. And so we went to that excursion and I had such a different, almost cathartic experience. It was, you know, yes, I appreciate it, but wow, it's beautiful. The food's amazing. I'd come back here again in a second, you know taking away so much appreciation for that place. And as much as I loved it and it was great, even then when I came back, I was so overwhelmed by all that I felt and saw and did uh, that even now, and it's been a few years, I'm going, boy, I'm still processing all of that and, and how great it was. So I think that that aspect of what you do, which is I'll show you how, but then I'll show you what to do with it when you get back is so amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think because it was so impactful for me and the reintegration after 17 months abroad was so abrupt and and right. just, it was, it was yeah, overwhelming for me to come back in. Um, so I, I thought it was so important to have someone that you can talk to who's gone through that process. Because um, I could, you know, I still, like you said, there's, I could still see myself sitting at a bus stop in Turkey, bus ran out of gas, don't know where to go. And just, I mean, I can just vividly put myself back in so many of these situations. And, right. and so I know what it's like to come back and, and want to process that and, and want mm-hmm. to understand and want to um, see how you can continue the things that you did abroad, you know, back in your quote unquote normal life. 
and how you don't necessarily have to go back to the way that you were living, that mm-hmm. the things that changed you can stick with you. So it's I love a, that. yeah, it's a big part of what I do. So thank you. So um, what I'd like to do is throw at you the questions that I ask of everybody <laughs> and see how you feel about them. So my first question is, how, what shoulds, you know, we talked in the beginning of the shoulds that you were living by, you know, I should be pretty, I should be popular, blah, 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 which PS, who says you're not? <laughs> Let me just say that. But like, who gets to have that opinion and win? Exactly. You know, I, think, exactly. I think it's you and that's it. But anyway, um, so even now, after all of this transformation and all of this wisdom that you have gained, uh, we are all victims of our own uh, nervous systems, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. so what shoulds still haunt you, um, sneak in and creep up on you, hold you back now and then, cause we're all human. Uh, so, so even with all of this growth, what ones still creep in and get you? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, mm-hmm. and definitely one that's easy to, to answer cause they do creep in. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, I just turned 40 in May. Mm -hmm. And so the should, I should be at X place by this time, Mm -hmm. or I should have accomplished this by this age, you know, those types of things. Age milestones have been always been big for me. And so the shoulds that come along with your typical 40 year mark is ones that creep up. So should be married, should be successful, um, things like that. I will say to you as someone that's uh, just shy of eight years ahead of you on the curve uh-huh. <laughs> of life, um, I found 40 was exhilarating in the sense that I think more than ever before, and maybe more so for, for women, because um, the, just the different image and body pressures and such mm-hmm. that tend to be on us. Um, I felt so much more comfortable in my own skin, even though it was sagging in places I wasn't used to it doing so, um, you know, so much more comfortable in my own skin, so much more comfortable in my knowledge, wisdom, and confidence. And that's been something I've really loved about my forties. Um, so I share that with you and, uh, being now damn near 50, (laughs) um, I'm in a spot now where, you know, I'm making probably my biggest life shifts ever, you know, at 47, at 48. And so, you know, I think it's Gary Vee who says our um, mostly American view of what timelines are supposed to be and what you should be doing by a certain time or looking at an age like 47, 48, 55 Mm -hmm. and going, oh, you're done now. And that's so not true. If for no other reason than modern medicine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we have so much time on the planet. And so who came up with this timeline? No, I said to somebody yesterday, who decided that 30 years is the vesting amount that you're supposed to uh, work in a particular thing to get great benefits? You know, who right. decided that? So, um, you know, that's my only, uh, you said something earlier about being a big sister to and showing, um, you know, yeah. where I've gone before you. So in that wheelhouse, I say to you, 40 has been, really transformational in so many ways and, and confidence building in so many ways. So, so I say buckle up cause it's going to be cool. <laughs> I love that. I can't wait. I'm excited. That's Thank good. you. That's good. <laughs> and so uh, what positive shoulds 
motivate you and really get your mojo going to keep you on this path and keep you growing and evolving? Yes, I love that. So I, I should live the life that I love. Like the should, Mm -hmm. I should do what I want to do. You know, I should be able to have free will over the life that I create. So those are the shoulds that light me up and get inspired. Yeah. I love that. And then my last question for you is what is the best advice or your favorite advice that you've ever gotten that you still rely on? Or it could even be the advice that you're relying on right now because it fits you. Yeah, no, this was a a piece of advice that I got as a child from my father. And it back then was probably a hindrance or um, a difficulty for me to decide which path I want to go. But, you know, my, your parents always tell, or my parents always told me that I can be whoever it is that I want to be. Mm -hmm. And so as a child, I wanted to be everything from, you know, president of the United States to owning a candy shop. So that's something, (laughs) some advice that I still use today. And, and one that I continue to use that I can be whatever it is that I want to be. I love that. Yeah. So much. So this is my fun part of the show now as we're wrapping, um, because what I like to do is reflect on some of the things that you have said as we've been talking and point out um, some of the real little gems of wisdom that came from our conversation. So um, one of the things that you said is you talked about the internal struggle of someone who's got a strong desire to go against the grain and yet still be a people pleaser. And I really think that's, that's a very common struggle you know, that everybody has. And if anything manifests those shoulds that give us guilt, it's that I'm longing to do X, but I'm expected to do Y. And how do I satisfy both of those things and not disappoint everybody that's important to me? And, and so I think that um, the way that you worded that was so pertinent. You also said, I knew that I had to pull myself from my current situation and put myself in a spot where I'd be forced to grow. And having the foresight and courage to do that is huge. You said, um, I love this. You said, I did it with fear, but no shame. Mm. That quote to me, that needs to go on a poster somewhere. (laughs) Do it with fear, but no shame. Because How many things are we nervous to do, afraid to do, but there's nothing wrong with what we want to do. So just get out there and do it, even if you're afraid. So to do it with fear, but no shame. That's amazing. It may be the title of this podcast when I post it and publish it (laughs) because it's awesome. Um, You also said you knew you had to choose things that lit you up and not just be a job. And what you discovered was life-changing, impactful experiences for other people well, and create, helping create those was the thing. You realized that you had to tell about the journey and share it. And in doing so, you brought people to you and inspired them to want the same thing. And you said, I love bending the ears of those around me. And shouldn't we all be storytellers? Because who knows who we might help and inspire in doing that, really. So I loved that you said that. Um, You said, if we just spent more time in community with others, we could much better appreciate what we are and what we have. And I do think that's one of the best gems that we get from travel is seeing that there are people who live differently and do eat, experience things, see things differently than we do. Um, 
your negative that still comes at you is I should be at X by now and those age milestones that get so many of us. But your positive is I should do what I want to do. And you live through the advice that you got from your parents, which is you can be whatever you want to be. You said some pretty amazing things today. Oh, Malia. Thanks for mirroring that back. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I feel I feel like when we talk we get so wrapped up in our conversation and yeah. and we don't realize you know some of the gems of wisdom that come out of us and and so it's nice to go back and say did you even know all the great things that you just said <laughs> here they are let me let me recap oh, so thank you, Tara. yeah my pleasure I just want to remind people that they can find you they can find Melaine McCormick at solo female travel coach on Instagram or on the interwebs at solo female travel coach.com. Remember, she'll teach you how to get out of Malane because that's who <laughs> she is. I had to do it, I couldn't help it. Um, but again, please check Malane out and all that she offers. I will tell you, she has a pretty cool Instagram feed. I think I feel like you plan it in advance because it's so organized that uh, <laughs> the photos you'll see what I mean when you go there. Um, but so I, I love everything that she has on her feed, and please make sure you check her out. Um, I do want to say, shameless plug, if you're loving the show on whatever platform you're listening, please tell your friends about it, and please hit that rate and review button if your platform gives you that option, because I love getting these inspirational stories out to people who can relate in so many ways to so many of these stories and fears that we all have. Melaine, I'm so glad that you were with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I'd love to have you back sometime again, preferably when we can even see each other. I know. <laughs> next time. <laughs> That's right. Again, thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Sounds good.